You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. Okay, the word that the Lord is speaking to us is, I am what? God Almighty. Praise the Lord. That's what is reminding us. And for this year, we'll keep that ahead of us. Amen. The God we worship, the God we serve, the God we come to is the almighty God. He's a God who eliminates every problem. Before him, there is no problem. Praise the Lord. Before him, there is no situation. There is no emergency. There is no mountain. He says, what is that mountain before Zerubbabel? Okay. Because I'm involved, it shall be made a plain. Hallelujah. No matter what it is that is happening in our world, no matter what it is that may be happening in your life, in your situation, our God, your God, is the almighty God. That is what he said to us. And we understand from scripture that this God, with his words, spoke all that we see into creation. He is the God that is sovereign. He does not sweat to walk. Praise the Lord. You can imagine how your life would be if you just spoke things and they happened. Praise the Lord. But for our God, that is the life he knows. He speaks it and it is. Praise the Lord. So he introduces himself and he says to us, I am God Almighty. I am Almighty God. Just what you need to do is connect well with me. Praise the Lord. Once the connection is right, you will not have issues. Praise God. Say to yourself, I will connect well. I'll be properly and rightly connected. So he said to Abraham, walk before me and be what? Blameless. And on Wednesday, we saw that this faith that we have that has foundations also has what? Conditions. Because if God is true, then God will be true to something. Praise the Lord. And we began to see that all the things about God are essential if you really want to you know, connect to the foundation of the faith. Our faith is not a faith that is open-ended. You can't behave anyhow and say you're a Christian. You can't call on grace and then deny the holiness that grace brings. The Bible says the grace that uh, brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. Okay, so grace teaches. Praise the Lord. Grace transforms. Grace changes. The power of God unto our lives is to walk in us, to will and to do of his good pleasure. Not my pleasure. Praise the Lord. God has desires. God has pleasures. So this faith has conditions. Okay, and we began to look at those conditions on Wednesday. I want to believe that you were there, you know, either physically or online. But this morning, we want to just take it further and look a bit into the life of Abraham before we you know, get into a few other things in the year. And we all know as believers, as Christians, that Abraham is the father of our faith. Okay? So when the Bible talks of our faith, the root is taken from Abraham. Okay? So he is the one whose life we can look at it to see what it means to live a life of faith. Okay? So when we study Abraham... We can see patterns and we can take those patterns and, you know, rehearse them, study them, you know, learn from them, equip ourselves from them so that we can make a good success of our faith in the name of Jesus Christ. 
So this morning, we want to look at an instance in Abraham's life. In fact, it's not really an instance. It is the turning point. Come with me to Genesis chapter 22, where the Bible says, verse 1, Genesis 22, verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Praise the Lord. How many of us sang, Here I am to worship? Abraham said, God, here I am what? To worship. It wasn't a Sunday morning. It was an every morning. Praise the Lord. Okay, this is our position. This is our attitude. And he said to him, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you note the word he used he says we are going to do what we are going to worship what did god say to him go and offer sacrifice what did he call it worship when you don't pay your tithe when you don't give the offerings that you should give when you don't give the service that you should serve you diminish your worship the truth is that everything we bring before god can never be payment the one who created you. The other day I was thinking about it. If I could of my own make something, what can that thing I made give to me? Have you ever thought about it? God gave me the eyes. God gave me the hands. God gave me the brain. God gave me the mind. God gave me the energy. Not just that he gave me. He gave me the day that I live in. Do you know that this is the day that the Lord has what? Made. Nigerian government didn't make this day. Neither did the U.S. government. Neither did World Health Organization. This day that we are in, who made it? God. The sun that is shining, who made it? God. The air we are breathing, who made it? God. The ground we are standing on, who made it? God. The person that is standing on the ground, who made it? God. Hallelujah. So what can I take out of his word and give him that will make me to square my shoulder and think I'm something? When I'm done, all I'll say is what? Here I am to worship. Praise the Lord. Okay, so he says, I and the Lord will go yonder and worship and will come back. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and the, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. I want to ask you a question. This verse 8, let's read it again. Abraham said, My son, God will do what? Provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. Did Abraham lie? Praise the Lord. So he told the truth. Okay. And Abraham's, okay, verse 9 will continue. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Did Abraham lie? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, you're looking at me to give you the answer. Give yourself the answer. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
But he said to the son, no, God is going to provide a lamb. Okay? But he now bound his son and put him there. Verse 10 says what? And Abraham did what? Stretched out his hand and took the knife to do what? Did Abraham lie? <laughs> we are just laughing now, Nabi. <laughs> but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said what? Abraham, Abraham, so he said, here I am again. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything for him, on, to him. Sorry. For now I know that you do what? Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Okay. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. We can actually stop here for now. We may come back to it. Praise the Lord. So see what happened here. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And then what happened? God said, Abraham, stop. What it means is that if God didn't say what, Abraham, stop. What would have happened? Abraham would have slain Isaac. But Abraham had told Isaac, God will provide a lamb. Have you ever said some things you didn't know where it came from? And then you saw the things happen. I've told you the story many years ago. Okay, many years ago. This is not in line. I hope it doesn't take me off. But we were going through this financial distress. You know the type of financial distress that you're distressed in distress. Praise the Lord. Okay. And um, I went to Lagos. I can't remember for a program. And I met... The pastor, you know, who was the pastor from the church we left to come to Abuja to do this work. And he said to me, okay, that he heard that I'm enjoying Abuja. And that my wife is driving a V-boot, cruising around the whole of Abuja. And that we're just enjoying. At that time, we were not driving a V-boot and we're not enjoying Abuja at all. Things, what we're seeing in Abuja was Hamatan. You know, they dry... <laughs> Hallelujah. Things were rough, very rough, very rough. Okay? You know, to cut the long story short and short story long, I said, Amen. I said, Yes. You know, I think it was the anger finished and then mockery and then all of it. I don't know, but I said, Yes. Do you know that he came to Abuja a couple of months later? By the time he came, we were enjoying Abuja and my wife was cruising a V boot. That's the truth. Now, what it is is this. You are spiritual. And whether you're serious or not, the words that come out of your mouth carry weight. Praise the Lord. Whether you think you're serious, that's the point I'm trying to make. We don't know what Abraham had in mind at that point. Okay? But he said God will do what? Provide himself a lamb. You know, the Bible said we were made in the image and what? Likeness of God. It then means that somehow we operate at the same frequency with God in certain areas. And one of those areas that we operate at the same frequency with God is what we speak. The Bible says the power of what? Life and death is where? Is in the tongue. Is in the tongue. It's one area. That you and I have to be extremely careful, even in this new year. What is coming out of my mouth? Now, the Bible makes us understand that what comes out of my mouth is out of the abundance of my heart. Okay? Then the Bible gives me a further advice and says what? Guard your word, heart. 
with all diligence, for out of it flows what? The issues of life. So in essence, what I should see to it is that I guard what comes into my heart. Because what comes into my heart is going to what? Invariably come out of my mouth, whether I plan it or not. You know, many of us take all kinds of junk into our hearts and then plan what we say. But I told you another story about a young lady when I was in the university who was, uh, what was the word now that they use? Um, what was the current word now? Who was a slave queen? Okay, then he was big, he was a slave queen. But there was this emergency that occurred in the lecture hall. And instead of this slave queen shouting, ouch, you know what she shouted? Ewuchimo. So since then we knew that her slaying started when she came to university. She must have come from the village because those of us who live in the city don't say Ewuchim. Ewuchim is oh my God in Igbo language. She should have said ouch if she was corresponding to her slave. But you see, inside her heart was not a slave queen. It's like some people you see on Facebook, on Facebook, on pictures that are slain. When you see them made up, they're slain. But visit them early in the morning and they're slayed. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anyway, so please, we watch what goes. So we we're not just trying to control what we speak. We control what we take in. And this is where it comes, you know, very important for you and I. Our Lord Jesus Christ, we looked at the temptation of our Lord Jesus Christ on Wednesday. And it says, man shall not what? Live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We're going to call a fast, but I've said to God, please, let's call a fast. When you call a fast, praise the Lord. Let me not call a fast to feel spiritual. Fasting is very good. It is beneficial. Praise the Lord. Okay? But let's not just call it because it's the beginning of the year. Okay? Now, but whether we call a fast or not, there is a feast you should be on. The feast on the word of God. Whether anybody calls a fast, which is what it should achieve, the fast issue is to keep you less concerned with the things of this world so that you can focus more what? on the things of God. Now, whether that fast is called, remember that man shall not what? live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeds. What he's simply saying is this, feast on the word. Feast on the word. Take the word in. Listen to the sermons that preach in church. Listen to sermons that, you know, from preachers that preach truth and righteousness. Read your Bible. Meditate on your Bible. The notes you take in church. When you go home, look over it. Study it. Let the word of God dwell in your heart richly. Richly. When it dwells in your heart richly, you will always pick the things that you will want to eat the fruit of. In the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, so we have this story, and God says to Abraham, do not lay your hand on the lad. And this comes here, very important. Why? Because God, as God, is our Father. Praise the Lord. God is our Father. He is God Almighty, but He is what? Our Father. Now, no father will knowingly, normally, ordinarily, put a burden on his children that is too much for them. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the Bible says, no temptation has befallen you, but such as is what? Come on to man, but God what? is faithful. God is a father. 
Praise the Lord. God is a parent. God is a mother. Someone was telling me, I don't know if he's here today. You know, uh, okay, he's here, my, my big brother, Readmiral Liar. He said after he joined the Navy, I mean, he told me the thing just stuck in my head. He said the mother was still helping him to enter boys. Say, enter before me, enter. He said this is a mother that should what? Now relax in the protection of his son, who is now a military personnel. But he said the maternal instinct keeps wanting to take care of you. Okay, now that is the attitude the father has for you. He loves you, praise the Lord. And he will not allow you to be tempted what, beyond what you can bear. God is good. Praise the Lord. God is what? Good. I want you to accept that. I want you to understand that. I want you to embrace that. You know why? Because it's forming the foundation of what we are going to look at this morning. You see, if you and I could catch the revelation of the goodness... Of the goodness in Igbo, there is a word in Igbo that I, I think captures it a bit. Mesoma, you see, it means that every dealing of God with me is good. Praise the Lord. God, his bowels can only produce good things for you and I. Now, however, however, good things don't always appear good to us at the moment. And that is why we can imagine. And that is why the word has to say no temptation that has befallen you what is, or rather every temptation that has befallen you is common, okay? But God will not allow you, which means at the point you're saying, this is too much for me. No, this is bad. This is that. You remember that God is what? Good. And if he's good, he will not allow you to be what? Tempted. I know whenever we look at that scripture, we believe that God will not allow your neighbor. Because what you're going through now, you think is what? It is too much for you. How many are going through things that they feel is too much for them? Okay, don't need to raise your hand. But let me tell you this morning in 2021, I need you to remind yourself, in spite of my experience, in spite of what 2020 was for me, in spite of my current circumstance, God's word is good to me. Like we saw in this case, he did not allow Abraham, okay, to slay his son. Now, we take off from there and we go back. In Genesis chapter 3, we were given the original or the pattern temptation. That is the scope of the enemy's attack on us and the worst that the enemy can do. And when you look at that Genesis chapter 3, you are going to find something very interesting there. Before it, everything was good. Now, you know, I mean, the, the creation was good. Adam saw Eve. Eve was good. Everything was good. Now, in Genesis chapter 3, something happened. An idea that had never occurred to man was introduced. What happened in this Genesis chapter 3? The Bible introduces Satan to us. And this is what he says. Let's read verse 1, everybody. He says, now the serpent was what? More cunning. Can you see? Than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of what? Every tree of the garden. Verse 2. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden tree, but, the, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said what? You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Praise the Lord. Okay, you, you can see that if even that verse 3, something has started shifting. What did God say? You shall not eat it, for the day you eat of it, you shall what? Surely die. What did Eve say? 
You shall not eat it, nor shall you what? Touch it. That little deviation begins to create a foundation because that's not what God was saying. But let's leave it and move on. In verse 4, the serpent said to the woman, what did the serpent say? You will not surely die. This is the first foundation of temptations and trials, which you and I will give good attention to beware and overcome the sin. Anything that contradicts God's word is not good for you. No matter who is saying it, whether it's World Health Organization, whether it's your doctor, whether it's your pastor, whether it's your father, whether it's your mother, whether it's your engineer, anything that contradicts the word of God is not good for you. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's move on, verse 4. It says, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. Now, now, now. If you read further, did he tell the truth or did he tell a lie? Did Satan tell the truth or did he tell a lie? Were their eyes opened? Their eyes were opened. Praise the Lord. So the enemy tells truth. You know that truth that is not 100% is as bad as falsehood that is 100%. In fact, truth mixed with lies is more dangerous than all falsehood. And that is another thing we have to be careful. When you say, eh, but they do this right, or he does this thing right. You see, it's better you meet a liar who tells lies 100% than that you meet one who mixes 98% truth with 2% lies. You see, if you took in a bottle or if you sipped poison, now, Okay, let's, which one is poison now? The one people take or whatever. What will you immediately do? You will spit it out because all of it is not conducive. Your body will reject it immediately. Why? Because it is completely bad. Now, but if someone took that same poison and mixed it with, uh, what do you like? You know, okay, I like Milo, okay? And mixed it with some Milo, okay? The tendency is that even if I sensed that there was something a bit off, out of the way, in this, you know, glass of meal or cup of meal, I will keep drinking. Why? Because I will expect that the good in it will kill the bad. Now, that is the danger of half-truth. He said, your eyes will be open. And you know the next one he said, you will be like God. Now, that statement there, is it also true? Is it true? We're not sure. Now, thank you, Momichi. Because that statement is actually not true. The statement is not true. But what he's saying is this. You'll be like God. But they were made in the image and likeness of God. So now, what this does is this. This takes us to another thing. Know your God. The Bible says those who know their word, God shall be strong and what? Carry out great exploits. You see, if you don't know what you have, it's like the young boy that has, um, you know, a bigger friend on the street. And an uncle blesses him with maybe 15 naira in those days. And the young boy is going to buy something with it or is posing with his 15 naira. And the more mature, you know, streetwise boy comes out with his five cobble coin and begins to laugh at the boy. What are you holding? And the boy says, I'm holding the money my uncle gave me. My uncle gave me 15 naira. I'm holding. And the boy starts laughing. Your uncle gave you paper. My own uncle gave me what? Iron. Copper. 
Look at it. Maybe it's 10 cobos, two, five cobos. And you know what will happen? If that young boy does not know enough of what he has, what is going to happen is that he'll become desirous of the coins of the other boy. Now, most likely what happens in life is that we always exchange what we have and don't know the value for what somebody is selling to us. My prayer is that you will know what you have. Let me tell you, child of God, there is nothing. When the Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. Anything that will be given to me that will take my peace away, keep it. We don't know the value of peace. Let me tell you a bit about the value of peace. Listen, if peace were not such a big deal. Now, now when I talk of peace, right, peace righteousness, peace and joy. Peace, let, let me put to, together peace and joy. If peace and joy were not a big deal in the world, Nigeria would not be amongst well, the world over. Champagne, alcohol, drugs. I was watching a documentary the other day on uh, meth and cocaine and the rest of them. Trillions of dollars are being invested in that industry. You know why? Because some people go to work. In fact, they said San Francisco, the so-called, um, what was it called? What was the hub? The technology hub. Okay. Silicon Valley, thank you. That the market there is so much because after these young guys work and make a lot of money, there is an emptiness. So they have to get and call these their, uh, dealers and they will supply them the cocaine and the meth. What are they looking for? They've made money. They have houses. They have everything. But they don't have the peace, the shalom of God. That voice that says you are complete, you are satisfied. They don't have it. So they spend money on drugs to get that thing which you already have. But while you're here, you're crying and you're killing yourself. Whereas Jesus Christ has become for us all of that and much more. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So, but because we don't know it, because we don't know it, because we don't know the value, the world keeps playing tricks on us and taking these things away from us, okay? So, let's go back to Genesis 3. So, it says, you'll be like God, okay? You'll be like God, knowing good and evil. You know, he introduced that one. What did they know about good and evil? They should have said, we don't know what, we don't want to know, okay? Now, 6 says what? So, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wife. She took of his fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband and ate with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were, were opened. What did they see when their eyes were opened? They saw they were naked. They saw they were naked. How did that help them? That's, there, there's some knowledge you don't need. Praise the Lord. There's some knowledge what you don't need. There are some stories you shouldn't read up. There are some things you shouldn't hear. There are some things you shouldn't meditate upon because the impact of them is this. Look at the next thing they did. Is that it would take into futility. They saw they were naked and they wanted to make clothes. Look at the clothes they made. They shoot fig leaves together. Now, this is a time that they had, had no sewing machine. They had no needle and thread. Imagine leaves being sewn together by people who had no string sharp. With needle and thread, you will still make a terrible clothing out of leaves. So imagine the nature of clothing they could have made. It must have been, it, it, it couldn't have added anything to their covering. But where I'm going to is verse 8. Where because of what happened, all of a sudden, 
the conclusion of all that happened there is this. All of a sudden, the God that they delighted in, when they heard the sound, what did they do? They hid themselves. Now, this tells us at what happened at the foundation of that temptation, which is where we go. At the foundation of that temptation, this is what the enemy did. He said to them, God is not good enough. God is what? Not good enough. His plans for you are not good enough. His pace, his speed is not fast enough. His intentions are God is hiding some things from you. Oh, God is not moving fast enough. God, uh, yes, he's God, you know, you have a relationship with him. But there's a way we can do this thing and you'll get it. Adam and Eve did not plan. You see, what shocked them most was the loss of that fellowship with God. And they didn't plan it, but invariably, under every temptation, what it tries to do is to disconnect you from God. And that is where God himself is saying, but that's what I want most. Did you know that the God you and I serve says to us, come, let us reason together. Do you know there is no question you can ask God? Do you know there is no issue you can discuss with God? Do you know there is no problem you can pray to God about? Praise the Lord, somebody. I mean, this is the God we have. We don't have a God that is like some parents. Okay, I mean, parents of those days, not even parents of today. Parents of those days, there are some questions if you ask, the answer is beating. Praise the Lord. I mean, what you get is beating. Today, what? you know, children ask all kinds of questions. And they are telling us that we're obliged to answer. Isn't that? If you don't answer, then Google will answer. But parents of those days, you ask some questions, they beat you very well. They beat you. But God is not like that. God says, come. He said, let us reason together. He said, bring forth your strong. He said, let me hear you. You know what? He doesn't want you under any condition, under any imagination to think he's not there for you. What am I trying to say to us this morning? God in this year wants you to be close to him. God wants you to be his. Just the same way he is to you. He said to Abraham, I am almighty God. Do what? Walk before me. I've committed myself to you. Will you please commit yourself to me? And this is where that temptation begins. Now, no normal parent is going to give instructions or gives instructions to his children for his own good. Do you know that? Do you know that? No parent really gives. Every instruction you give to your children is for what? It's for their good. It's for their benefit. Now, you and I know that we are not perfect, but we're doing our best, isn't it? Okay, so when we say, don't eat this, eat this, you know, um, you know, exercise, study your books, whatever. Don't keep that kind of friend. Don't do this and don't do all that. All we're saying is this. We want life. We want things to be better for you, okay? And we understand ourselves. So, in our minds, we know we're doing the right thing. Now, do you know that God is also more so like that. Now, what I'm trying to say is this. God, everything God says to you and I to do, it's not for him. I want you to say it that way. It's not for him. It's really for you. It's for your benefit. It's for your well-being. Now, not all the commandments are saying to us, this is a reward. But one of the ones that we're told is, honor your father and your mother, what? that your day is the old first commandment with a, a promise. But every other commandment has at the background of it your well-being. 
And quickly this morning as we try to round up, we look at the very first commandment, Exodus 20. Because that is what happened, that is where man lost it in Genesis chapter 3. In Exodus 20 from verse 1 to 4, you can put it for us please on the screen. Or rather 1 and 2 is enough for me. He says, and God spoke all these words saying, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. Okay, you shall have no other word, God before me. Okay, let's read 4 and 5 please. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Verse 5. Verse 5 says, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. He says, why? For I, the Lord your God, am a what? A jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. Now, verse 3 says, you shall not have. No, you shall have no other gods before me. And then verse 5 says it's jealous. Is God jealous out of insecurity? God's jealousy is what? Out of your goodness. It is out of interest for your well-being. So when God says you shall have no other gods, he's saying nobody will love you like I do. Nobody can, you know, Nobody wants to do you good like I do. Nobody has your interest like I do. Nobody, nobody. That's what he's crying out. And that's why he went on to say, I'm a jealous God. That jealousy is not jealousy of envy. The Apostle Paul writing to us, I think it's 2 Corinthians 11 too. He says, I'm jealous for you with godly jealousy. He says, I want to protect you just the way God wants you protected. When God says, you shall have no other gods, it is to protect me. And what is he protecting me from? He's protecting me from the very place where Adam and Eve missed it. And what is it there? Simple. You and I know from scripture that there is only one God. So when this true and only one God says you shall have no other gods, what's he saying? Simply what he's saying is this. Gods can be created in seconds. Praise the Lord. Gods what? Can be created. You and I create gods. And quickly we'll see how we create those gods. Anything in my life that I begin to trust in to the extent that it directs me, you know what it has become? It has become a god. Anything in my life that I begin to trust in, to the extent that it directs me. That's why you, you find a few, quite a few Christians who may have had this experience. Maybe, you know, unfortunately, they, they get married as virgins. And, and maybe for the first three months, you know, there is no, you know, maybe that they are looking for the fruit of the womb. And three months, four months is not there. They go to God and they're telling God, God, remember you know, you have to give me this child. Why? I married a virgin. Or the other one that happens also frequently. I mean, God helps you. You come out from the school with a very excellent grade. Maybe you make a first class. And every time you go for a job interview, at the back of your mind, while your, you know, contemporaries are saying, Lord, please, I need your favor. Lord, please, I need your favor. You are going there like they need my favor. Because I'm coming here, What? I'm coming here with the first class. They need my favor. I will add value to this organization. You see, what has happened at that moment is, you not knowing it, have created a God of something else. And because God is jealous for his glory, 
He knows that when that thing happens, you will not turn back to him and say, Lord, only you have done this. So what he does is that he doesn't allow that thing to happen. Why? It's not that if you don't come back to him and give him glory, he dies. I mean, he ever lives, you know, he lives forever. But it will lead you yourself to destruction. So God holds some things, especially when he sees us trusting in them. He holds it back so that we will not go on putting our trust in something else. Praise the Lord. Now, now, let, let, let me make this statement very clear. I don't want anybody to be careless with his hygiene or with his protection, you know, under this. I hope you know that this pandemic is not really a pandemic. They said the word had to be adjusted for them to use it. Whatever it is, there are all kinds of things going on behind this whole COVID-19 thing. Did you read that the World Health Organization team that went to China to make, you know, investigations that they, they allowed them getting? How many of us read that story? And that's where it started. Okay, so there are so many things going on. Okay, but let me tell you the one I want to communicate to you. Many people that have come to say they got coronavirus or they fell ill from coronavirus, they also say that they were the most careful. They were the ones who were going about being coronavirus police. Cover your nose. Don't do this. Don't do that. You see, the danger of that is this. God is in heaven. He's looking at you. He wants all his creation to do what? To put their trust in him. Anytime God sees you put your trust in any other thing. Now, am I saying I should get in my car with brakes that failed and drive on and say I'm trusting in God? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that my brakes, I see that my brakes are working. I check that my tires are good. I make sure everything in the car is okay. But when I get into the car, I say, Lord, my safety is of you. And if I arrive where I'm going safely, I say to God, be the glory. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? But when I make any other thing, my trust. Somebody actually said that she disinfects the people that come into her house. No, 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 no. It's all right to do that if you can do all of that and still trust God. But all I'm saying is this. He says, you shall have what? No other gods except me, before me, besides me. What it means is this. You must let God play God in your life. Praise the Lord, somebody. Another thing that can take the position of God is fear. People of God... Your witnesses, for those of us who have been here, you know, in this church for a while, many years ago, when the Book Haram thing was becoming, you know, a ch- churches were their target, when we're in married house, luckily for us, we had some members that arranged um, DSS security for us. But when I got to church that morning and saw them, you know, with these, they are very nice guns that look like, um, you know, um, those guns look like what you, you see in movies. And I saw them with their black and all of that. And I drove into church. For a moment, I felt cool. Then for the other moment, the Lord asked me a question. Why are they there? And I said, because Boko Haram is going around attacking churches. He said, so they will protect you. And um, I couldn't answer that question. Because I'd known from a young Christian that safety is of the Lord. I couldn't stay in church. I had to leave during service and beg them, please, can you go? 
And from then on to this moment, have you ever seen anybody with God protecting us? Have we had any problem? Because he says, the walls around you shall be fire. God is our protector. If you see, I'm not saying don't have security. But you see, if you fear anything to the extent that it intimidates or paralyzes you, you have made that in a God. And when you do that, whether you call it God or not, you have shifted out of position. The Bible says, him alone you shall fear. It says, the almighty shall be your dread. Do not call a conspiracy. What these people call a conspiracy? Let God be your fear. You see, my desire and my prayer is that Christians will fear sin the way they fear COVID-19. If you're a Christian and you are afraid of coronavirus more than you are afraid of offending God, there's repentance. There's refreshing. Praise the Lord. If you will do all of that because of the virus and you're not doing the other things because of the almighty God, then you have to be very careful. Your speech, your conduct, everything about your life. Are you that careful? Because God is watching. So he says to to me, he says, don't let anything, don't be afraid. I, I mean, there are some things you don't like. Okay, praise God. There are some things you don't like. The other day I was lying down on my bed after we had done fumigation. And cockroach. How many like cockroach? I hate cockroach. Even killing it, I'm killing it with... I don't like it. I don't don't like it alive. I don't like it dead. When you kill it, it messes. Just everything about cockroach is bad. I was not lying down. Something was moving on my hand. Lo and behold. Some people can't imagine that. After we are done fumigation, as if to tell me I'm still here... You know, so, so, I mean, it's not that you're going to like them, but don't give them power to paralyze you. Don't give them that power. The 10 spies had that issue in Numbers 13. They said the land that they have sent us to investigate is a good land. It's a beautiful land. The land indeed flows with milk and honey. But they said there are giants there. These giants are so big that now we are what? So small. The giants are big and we are what? Grasshoppers. We are not able to take the land. What did God do? You see, when you read the Bible, there are markers you shouldn't miss. Because of that statement, a generation did not enter the promised land. Out of that entire generation, 20 years and over, died. Only that survived, two, Caleb and Joshua. Why? Because it wasn't adultery they committed. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? They didn't steal. All they said is, this thing is bigger than our God. And God said, Emi, Emi Almighty. Eh? Allah, what, 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 Abi? Oyigi, yigi. Amama, amasi, amasi. Is it me you're saying the human beings I created? Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, fear. Let it not be your God. Let it not control you. Let it not determine where you go and where you don't go. Let the instruction, the commandments of the Lord determine what you do. Let God be your God. Praise the Lord. I mean, we can push that fear in every angle. The reason some of us don't give money to God is because we're afraid of having less. May God have mercy. Some people have still been calculating. How can I make money and give a percentage to God? Isn't it God that blessed me? Praise the Lord. God, why didn't you take the money at source? Praise the Lord. Let me help you. Don't ask God that question. 
Because I tell you, there was a time in my life that I prayed to God. I was coming to church almost months, months, months. When, whenever it was time for offering and tithe, I would say to God, God, please, bless me so I can give you a tithe. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? I said, God, please, let me be able to bring a tithe to you. Let something come into my hands. May you now get to that point in Jesus' name. He said, but what I'm trying to say is this. Don't let the availability or whatever. Don't, don't just don't fear any other thing. You have God as your God. Him only shall you fear. Praise the Lord, somebody. Anything you and I love, that we love to the point where it inspires us, excites us, spurs us on more than God. And I remember it was around this time a few years ago, that I said to our, our young men and maybe some young women as well, maybe you should fast from watching football. You see, whether you like it or not, God watches you when you watch football. And God watches you when you come to church and worship. And I'm sure you know the difference is something else. Some of us, when we are watching football, we are animated. We shout. We express it. But when we come to worship God, that's when we sway. We're so calm. And God is looking at you. They square go and you scream and you throw out your hands. And heaven is looking at you. I saved somebody. I sent a word to you. I delivered a brother. What is the gratitude? What is the excitement? Now, all that that is saying is this. I derive more pleasure from this than from this one. When we do that, we make those things our gods. And it doesn't make God happy. He says, thou shalt have what? No other gods before me. He's not saying don't watch football. He's not saying don't enjoy whatever it is that, you know, you love and inspires you and moves you. Okay? But, make sure that I take the number one place. Make sure that you love me more. Make sure that you worship me more. Make sure that I spoil you on more. You know, you hear many wives say that you call a wife or call a, uh, a family. And they say, okay, ah, there's no light. My husband went to so-so place to watch the thing. Do you find people making such adjustments also for the worship of God? What we find is excuses. Any little excuse. But nobody makes excuse for a football. If there is no light in the whole of Katambe, the person will go to Guarimba. If there is no light in the whole of Guarimba, the person will go to, uh, where is it, Guagualada. He can't miss this match. Is which, one, which one are they playing tonight? Man, whatever versus. You see, it moves you. You're not counting costs. You're not counting convenience. You shall have no other gods before me. Remember, we're still looking at Abraham and we're going to come back to him. I pray time permits us. Why? Because the Bible said in that Genesis 22 verse 1, it says, after these things, God tested Abraham. What test was God testing Abraham with? God was testing Abraham. Am I number one? Don't forget the Isaac God said he should go and sacrifice. Who gave Abraham Isaac? Isaac is the child of faith. Isaac is a child that Abraham could not bring forth. Sarah could not bring forth. So it was God that gave Isaac. So these things I'm talking about, don't go and say, Pastor, can I say these things? They are not sin. It's God that gave them to you, but God is watching you. Praise the Lord. Quickly, anything you pursue 
that blinds your judgments and blows your conscience. Anything that's in pursuit of, you shove, you know, the voice of the Spirit aside. You don't want to hear what the Spirit is. The Spirit of God is saying to you, but you know, you know this shouldn't happen. And you see, these things I'm telling us, I'm not preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself as well. I remember when we were trying to get land, this, you know, trying to get land for the church. And I can't remember the details, but I, I went with one of the ministers to FCD. And the man who was also a deacon in some church, okay, he was invariably telling us that this is the amount of bribe you'll give me for me to process this short paper. And we needed land. Gina was considering it. I'm telling you, I was considering it. Why? Because we're tired of where we were. And then if we got the land, won't we shout hallelujah? Won't it be a testimony? You know? But, but I don't know what just jolted us from it and said, no. Okay, if you won't do this, you know, for us, and if we have to give you some whatever. But we, we, can't, de- we can't deal with this as if we're coming from a Okora for Incorporated Limited. This is church. We can't do this. But you see, we needed the land. And it was going to be a testimony. Child of God, marriage, I'm praying for you to marry. But there's a way you go about it. You know you're blurring your conscience. You're allowing that man touch you inappropriately. You're listening and laughing at things you shouldn't laugh about. Because this one is a nice, I think he's okay. He'll make a good husband. So he uses language that grieves the spirit inside of you. But you're laughing at it. Because it's a potential. You're pursuing a business, you're involved in something, and you know, you know, you're, you come back and you feel defiled inside. You keep friends, and you know that these friends aren't helping you, but you love their company, you love the cloud, you, you love everything, you know, that is associated with it. And then what you keep doing is you keep quenching the Holy Ghost inside of you. Why? Because of the pleasure or rather what you hope to gain from there. When you do that, that very thing that you're looking for, if God is your God, you will never get it. Because it will shift it away. And say, oh yeah, let's see now. Say, let's play the game. But sometimes some people are more powerful than God. And they break his hand and get it. Then they enter the second level. The second level is where they become preachers. They call people together and tell them, listen to me. Don't ever do this thing. Don't be the one that is going about telling people what never to do because you failed in your own time. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Don't be the one using your failures that you disobediently got into to now make a, a message. Because such people, they will tell you. They knew that God said don't do this. But they pushed on. Ah, Say don't marry this type of man. They'll be showing you scars. They'll open teeth. They say, count. This one's the man broke it off. If they tell you the real truth, they'll tell you that they knew this was not God's will. Don't be that one. Praise the Lord. You know, they say experience is the best teacher. Somebody say, don't learn from your own experience. Learn from other people's experience. And better still, the Bible says, the things that are written are written. Let's learn from the experiences of those in the scriptures. Praise the Lord, somebody. So, anything you pursue. So, this 2021, please, I beg you, set your goals. Have your targets, but don't let the pursuit of them blow the position of the Holy Ghost. Because you can find them and miss God. You don't want to be there. But the truth is this. If God leads you, he will bring you into his presence. And he will satisfy your mouth with every good thing. Praise the Lord somebody. Praise the Lord somebody. So we look at these things and then, okay, we, we, can, we can just go back to Abraham as we try and round up. 
So God said, the test, he said I should put, you know, tell us. Is it? The test I tested our father, the father of faith, is a test of who is your God. And let me tell you the truth. If I were Abraham's friend, if I were his uncle, his relation, his pastor, anything of that matter, if he came and told me, God said, take Isaac and go and sacrifice. I'll tell him where is Isaac. If he shows me Isaac, I will take Abraham, lock him up, take Isaac, kidnap him, take him to Russia, where he will never see me again. This Isaac, Isaac that we prayed for, <laughs> Isaac that we fasted for, do you understand? Isaac that we did all of that, Abraham, you must be mad. I won't allow him. You, are, you also, do you understand what I'm, nobody will allow him. But you see, the Bible says it was a test. And that's why I said, was Abraham lying? The scriptures didn't tell us what exactly was going on in his mind. But when you come to the New Testament, where they knew that we had more understanding, they told us something there in Hebrews 11. The Bible tells us that Abraham concluded that God was what? Able to do what? To raise him from the dead. Hebrews eleven seventeen to 19. That Abraham was, that God was able to raise him from the dead. What is that saying? As I trust God that he loves me, I must also open my heart to his omnipotence. Child of God, if you don't believe that God is powerful, it will be difficult for you to commit to him. Christianity without power doesn't exist. Every one of us that calls ourselves a believer, we are saying that we believe that today, today, whatever circumstance, situation that you're facing, God can change it now. That's the God we believe in. You see, the Bible says in that passage, it says, it says Abraham concluded, beginning before the journey began, he concluded that what? I will obey God. Praise God. Yet, yet, God will also do what? Fulfill his promise. What was his promise? In Isaac shall your seed be blessed. That's his promise. What is his word? Go and sacrifice Isaac. You see, the distance between my problem and God's promise is not for me to work out. Is someone hearing me? The distance, that's where a lot of us miss it. The distance between where I am and what God has promised me is not for me to sort out. Because if Joseph thought about his dreams, you know, these are the unfortunate things we find in the church. They keep teaching us about dreams of Joseph. Dreams. Joseph's dreams didn't move him. If his dreams were moving him, he would not have obeyed God in those circumstances. What moved him was the sight of God. You shall have no other God's word before me. So when Potiphar's wife came, what Joseph said is, I can't replace God. I can't shift God. He knew the implications. He knew the implications of either committing the adultery or even refusing, running out naked as a slave in a foreign land. He knew the implications. But, but he just knew that there were no options. And he left the coverage of the distance between wherever he would be and the, faith, and the fulfillment of God's promises. He left it in God's hands. That is why you and I in this year, 2021, we must believe in the power of God. Praise the Lord. We must believe what? In the power of God. Listen to me. And let me address this one. Finances. Let me tell you the truth, Christian, child of God. 
Finances are the easiest thing for God to turn around. Praise the Lord. And you see, because here we don't have a culture, because it doesn't really, you know, help a lot of people. It just pours on a bit of grace. But we don't have a culture of displaying testimonies and all kinds of... But this man forcefully gave us his testimony. Mr. Raj, from not having money, looking for 10,000 naira, in a couple of weeks, he's buying houses, not land. Who did it? God did it. And the testimony for him is this. If he didn't tell you, you wouldn't know the difference. You wouldn't know the difference between when he was in the penury and when also what? God turned it around. Why? Because God continued. The psalmist said, I've said the Lord always before me. Because it's at my right hand, I shall never be moved. That is where they're calling us to in this year. Where God is our God. Listen, the devil is not interested in any other thing in this world. Though. Praise God. Thank you. I remember. Part of the things the Lord said I should tell you is this. Please remain rapturable this 2021. Jesus could come any moment. All this one we are thinking, adjusting and changing. He could come any moment. Keep the Lord God before. When you keep him before, he's like a compass. He will fulfill his good pleasure. He said to me, he said, do you, do you imagine... Do you imagine, to me and then to us, do you imagine that you love yourself as much as God loves you? I'm sure some of us will think, you know, that we really love ourselves. Praise God. Okay, let me think of, let me use myself as an example. I think I love myself, right? If you know the volume of chinchin and cake I ate this two weeks, eh? and when they bring it and complaining, this thing is not good for me. How many have been eating things that are not good for them? This thing is not good for me. But they keep finishing. They are not pouring away. Unfortunately for me, Mommy Chi doesn't eat them. Tochku doesn't eat them. When we had Mary, Mary won't eat them. So when they, please don't bring cake for me. If you want to bring anything, bring snail. That one is good for me. It's, when they bring those things, I'll be complaining. Why are people giving me this thing? Why are people giving me this thing? When they go, the thing will be calling me. <laughs> Pastor? <laughs> And then I will just be going. <laughs> you see, I think I love myself. Do you understand what I'm saying? I think I, but even in the very basic things, you see you don't love yourself as much. God said to tell you, the thoughts that I have towards you, that what? There are thoughts of good, not of evil. I want to do the best for you. Abraham understood it. So when they said, bring Isaac, he looked at Isaac. He loved Isaac. There is no doubt whether he loved Isaac. Even God said, that son, that one you love. But Abraham was teaching us that whatever I love, either me or whatever, Isaac was Abraham's future. Okay? You know, at that point, he was over 100 years. So he was ready to die. But he was teaching us that you can't make your future better than God wants to make it for you. Let's bow our heads. 2021. I cannot. I can't protect myself. I can't prosper myself. I can't do anything for myself better than God already wants to do. The devil deceived Adam and Eve, making them to pursue what had already been given them, making them to pursue what already they were. This new year, I will set the Lord always before me. I will set the Lord Always before me. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Even the simple things of life. 
I measure myself. Am I enjoying this? Have I given God due? What is my delight in this? Have I, you know, have I worshipped God? How is this thing influencing me? Is God influencing me as much? Because God loves you, sister. God loves you, brother. God loves you, child of God. God loves us. You that you're watching, God loves you. God loves you. Everything, every information that you are aware of, God is aware of even much more. And yet he's still saying, come to me. Trust in me. Let me lead the way. I can make you better. What did he say after Abraham brought Isaac? He said, now I know that you fear me. He was simply saying, now I know I'm number one. In blessing, I will bless you. In blessing, God wants to bless you. But you need to trust him. Can you allow him be God in that situation? Somebody's married. Can you allow him be God? Over your children, can you allow him be God? In our country, Nigeria, we're saying, oh Lord, be God, be God, be God. Be thou exalted. We come to you. We come to you and we're saying, Lord, take your place. Let, let nothing else, let no rival throne survive. I want you to talk to the Lord. And maybe there are specific instances, specific areas where you need to ask the Lord, I give it to you. I offer him to you. I offer this to you. My career, I offer it to you. My health, I offer it to you. My business, I offer it to you. The father of faith showed us a pattern. That you are the God who raises the dead. That's what we know. We conclude that, that God was able. Let that be our conclusion even early in this year. That God is able to raise, to preserve, to perfect, to fulfill, to accomplish, to establish. God is able. The dreams of Joseph better. Much more. Than Joseph could have ever imagined. God had his way. Moses told us that his way was in the sea. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. Now, tomorrow, for the rest of my life. For you are my God. For you are my God. For you are my God. I want you to see into the end of the month. See into February. See into March if Jesus tarries. Take it up. Take it up. April, May, June, July, August, the end of the year. I want you to see God ahead of you. Behind you. On your side. Tell him, Lord, you will be my God. I will give attention. You can handle it. You can handle it. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. We give you praise. We give you all glory. Thank you, our Father. Thank you, our God. Lord, we lean on you for everything, for everything, for everything.
in all circumstances. We will corporately, as families, individually. Thank you, Lord our God. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Somebody say amen like you're trusting in the Lord. Somebody say amen like you know God has you covered. Somebody say amen like you just don't care what else happens as long as the Lord is your God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We'll give you praise. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.